Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to Prayer International. I'm Patrick Sanders. Uh, Sean and Chris have uh, allowed me to come on their show grace, uh, graciously to be able to share a little bit out of God's Word. So let's go ahead and um, start out with prayer. Father God, we just give you thanks. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus that uh, your love is a rock, that your love is eternal, that your love is real, Father God, that it will fill us, it'll keep us, it'll bless us, Father God, and you've given us your spirit. You've poured your spirit in us, Father, so that we might know the depth and the height and the breadth of your word, of your love for us, Lord God, that, Lord God, you've made us uh, the apple of your eye. We are the total... A desire of your heart, Lord God. We are the true intention of your being that you want to bring us unto yourself, Father God, and cause us to fellowship with you. So, Father, we just thank you for this time of fellowship. We pray that you bless the reading of your word and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last time I titled the message Staying in God's uh, Word and um, we're going to continue with that thought of staying in God's word, of being planted and rooted in his word, and the reason why we want to do that is because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by his word. Without his word, nothing was made, and even disciples, if you want to be a follower of Christ, that you've got to uh, be made into a disciple by the power of his word, that once uh, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, his salvation work is still continuing in our lives by the power of his spirit, and part of that is the Bible, is the word of God, and you being able to get into his Bible, that he's allowing certain things to be left up to us, that we've been made in his image, and that God has free will, and having been made in his image, we have a a free choice a free will just like he does. And he says, uh, I've put before you life and death. Choose life. Choose the blessing. And so you've got a choice. And there's many people that are born again, but not everybody is walking in the fullness of what his covenant has for us as his inheritance. And, you know, you got to think, why is that? Is that because uh, God has favorites or... Uh, God's just not choosing to work in people's lives. No, God God desires deeply to work in uh, every one of our lives. But uh, he's not going to violate free will. There's some things that God leaves open to us. There's some things that he desires for us to choose. And uh, it's a love relationship. How would you, you feel if somebody forced you uh, to be in love with them. Well, it's the same way with God. He doesn't. He wants to find someone that loves him freely. And that's part of the joy of it is that somebody sees something in you that they like or they want. So in the same way, God, the lover of our soul, wants us to respond back with love, wants us to respond back with seeking him because that blesses his heart, uh, that gives strength and power to him to know that There's a people seeking after him. And so I'm just thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for the Holy Scripture of his word. And uh, 
in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm going to be reading from the, the Living Bible. It says, Oh, my children, how you are hurting me. I am once again suffering for you the pains of a mother waiting for her child to be born, longing for the time when you will finally be filled with Christ. So God desires for us to be filled with all of his fullness. And he's saying here that he's just like a mother who's waiting for her child to be born. He's waiting for the fullness of the kingdom to come in our lives. He he just doesn't want us to be church Christians. He doesn't want us to be Laodicean Christians. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. But he wants the fullness of Christ to come to us and to be fulfilled within us that we might receive all of his fullness. And just as Mary gave birth to Christ physically, so in the same way, God wants us to give birth to Christ spiritually through our spiritual wounds, that of our spirit man giving birth and uh, replicating, redoing, and reflecting everything that Christ did on the earth. Jesus said, the works I did, you'll do also. So that's the plan that God has for us. Uh, It says that the kingdom of God doesn't come with outward observation for the kingdom is within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And um, so the kingdom is in you. And the question is, how do you draw the kingdom out? How do you pull out what God has put in, in you, even Christ in you, the hope of glory? Well, one of the ways we dig for this buried treasure within us is through the shovel of the Bible. The Bible is going to shovel a lot of junk out of your mind. It's going to shovel a lot of junk out of your soul. It's going to move uh, move whatever's in your way. And so you've got to apply yourself. There has to be an application. Um, God did something for you, and then you have to respond to what he did. And part of our response is taking up the scriptures and uh, knowing them wholly and completely. And so this is a task that he's given us. I hate giving good people bad news, but that's the bad news because our flesh doesn't want to read scripture. Our flesh doesn't want to be diligent in the things of God. We'd we'd much rather watch TV or uh, hear somebody else preach the word and have somebody else lead us in worship, but God wants us to do those things, learn to do those things ourselves. He wants us to uh, learn to worship him and learn to draw from his word, learn to dig in his word and to hear his voice. And so last week I I talked about staying in God's word and how that uh, the way that we've come to treat the Bible in our lives we come to treat it just something that's in passing rather than being a, one of the centerpieces of our lives. It says that every that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and that's pretty radical right there, um, to live by the... He's saying that we have life, we have breath by every word that comes out of his mouth, just like you would eat bread for your body, So God needs our spirit to eat and to chew upon the Bible 
so that we extract from it life. Uh, you're going to have life by the Bible if you feel like uh, you're oppressed, if you're beat down, then you need to go back to the scriptures and learn to extract from it that well of life, that well of the spirit, that peace and that blessing that is in his word. And so last week I talked about turning stoplights into campsites and oftentimes as an analogy, um, we treat God's word like uh, going through a series of stoplights. Uh, You go to church on Sunday and the pastor is preaching and so you open up the Bible to whatever passage he's preaching on and then you close it and go on about your day on Sunday and then you open it up up again on Wednesday night at church or you'll go to a Thursday night Bible study or perhaps uh, you'll start out for a few minutes one day out of the week uh, reading some Psalms. So we just sort of, uh, we open the Bible and close it and go about our day just like going to a stoplight. You go to a stoplight, you sit there for a few minutes, you look around and then you move on uh, to the next one, you stop You look around for a few minutes and then those few minutes are gone and you're off about your day, about whatever it is that you're doing that day. And so that's how we we tend to to treat God's word as something that's transitory, as something that's temporary. Uh, We don't really focus on it as a centerpiece. And one of the reasons why that is, our our flesh is against the things of God, Our, our flesh is naturally rebellious. Our our flesh wants to do all these other things and get caught up in all these uh, other activities in our lives. But uh, God wants us to put his word first and uh, treat it more like a campsite rather than a stoplight. Because when you go on a camping trip, uh, trip, you prepare for it and you pick out a camping space somewhere where you want to throw your tent and uh, you go about and you prepare that camping site, you get you get the rocks together to create a fire pit, you uh, hang stuff in trees, uh, you, you peg down your tent, and you're going to stay there until you get some peace, until you get some joy, until you get some fulfillment out of that camping trip, and then you're going to head on back to the city, and uh, you're prepared and you're fulfilled to face whatever you're going to go through. Well, that's the same way that we've got to be towards God's word. We've got to pick out ourselves a camping site, and we've got to pick out a a book. We've got to pick out a passage. We've got to pick out a psalm and uh, just camp there until we get something out of it, until you get peace, until uh, you catch those fish, you catch those revelations, you catch that anointing that you're wanting to catch from it because... uh, God's word doesn't go out to come back void. If if you sow God's word into your heart, if you sow it into your mind, you're eventually going to get something out of it. Uh, you just can't spend time in God's word and then not get something powerful from it. Well, I've picked out a campsite, and I've been in it for a while, the book of Hosea. And I've been in the New Testament for much of my Christian walk. But uh, I'm being moved by the Spirit to look in the Old Testament. And uh, there's quite a lot of gems there. And so uh, 
lately I've been in Hosea chapter 11. And um, I'll go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 3 out of the Living Bible. It says, When Israel was a child, I loved him as a son and brought him out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the more he rebelled, sacrificing to Baal and burning incense to idols. I trained him from infancy. I taught him to walk. I held him in my arms. But he doesn't know or even care that it was I who raised him. And that's pretty negative. You, you look at that, it's like, man, how can I get something out of that? But I I had to stop, stop there earlier today because uh, the Holy Spirit was working on that and it became so powerful and I, I extracted something from it. Uh, all these New Testament verses came to me and that we're going to go through those. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I was like, wow, that's my flesh right there. It says uh, God chose Israel and loved him as his own son, his own child, brought him out of Egypt. Uh, but he says the more he called out to him, the more he rebelled. And uh, Israel was sacrificing to idols. Uh, God said, I trained him from the time he was an infant, taught him to walk. Held him in his arms, but he didn't. But he doesn't know or even care that I, it was I who raised him, and that's the flesh. Our flesh is completely against the things of God. That even though you've been born again, uh, that flesh is still there. It's still wanting to battle against the the things of God, and um, this is normal. This is natural, and this is the wrestling match that we have in the spirit to overcome. And part of our overcoming is getting into God's Word and uh, to not treat it like being at a stoplight, momentary, temporary, but to treat it like a campsite, that you're going to stay there until you extract something that changes your soul. And this really changed me today. Today I was feeling uh, pretty oppressed and uh, pretty much in the flesh. And I I had to like, uh, it was, I went to the Word because I had formed a habit, a habit of going to the Word. See, when you treat the the Word like a series of stoplights throughout your week, that you're just sort of here and there in the Word momentarily. Maybe your pastor opens it up on Sunday morning. That may be the only time you open the Bible that week. And so it's just sort of a stoplight experience. But when you treat it like a, a campsite, that's your home base. That's where you, you go. You'll when you go camping, you'll go out hiking for a while. You'll get tired or hungry, and so you'll have to come back to the campsite. And you can, there's a place where you can lay down, where in the tent where ants don't get all over you. There's a there's water. There's uh, there's an ice chest there for you. So wherever you go when you're camping, you can always come back to your tent. That's your your home base, and you've got to form that that habit of producing home bases in the word right now, Hosea is my home base. And so as I was feeling oppressed today, it was a habit. It was easy for me to go back to my campsite and to get refreshed uh, because I had that groove worked into me. I had that um, habit of of continually going to Hosea and I've got a spiral. Um, I write things down that, I see that are new and interesting to me as I go through this book. And so I just sort of work that groove in me so it's easy to go back to that point, that reference point. 
but when you're just sort of skipping around everywhere in the Bible, it's kind of hard to have that habit worked in you. So as I go over these chapters, they become more familiar to me, and I, as, I, as I, they become more familiar, I find that uh, God speaks to me more because I'm putting more effort, I'm putting more focus into it, and so it's easier to get something out of it. It says in the scriptures, it says that if you sow a little, you'll only reap a little. But if you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. So what I got out of this is that even though uh, Israel, even though God had loved him and counted him as a son and was raising him, even though he was rebellious and didn't even know or care that it was God who was raising him, uh, God yet, through this whole book of Hosea, was God making a commitment to his people Israel. The name Hosea means deliverer. It means uh, to escape, to rescue. It means savior. And the whole premise of the book is that Hosea the prophet would go and marry Gomer, a prostitute. And we have spiritually prostituted ourselves out, so to speak, to so many different idols, so many different distractions that We've got all these other gods in our life, all these other things going on, and we don't make him the centerpiece. And um, God says in the midst of, of your failure, in the midst of you being rebellious, uh, having all these idols, I'm right in that moment I'm going to make a commitment to you, a, a marriage commitment. And so when I look upon the book of Hosea, I see the grace of God. I see his unconditional love. I see that he is making plans for me in the midst of uh, my darkness when I don't have plans for him, when uh, I'm stuck in the rebellious flesh. It says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of God has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Well, that's the book of Hosea right there summed up, that that God went after Gomer, this prostitute, uh, when she was lost in her idolatries, when Israel was lost in uh, his rebellion, though a son, uh, God, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so look upon the grace of God, begin to know and understand that even though you might be oppressed or or fumbling around in the darkness in your spiritual walk, uh, that God has plans of salvation. He, he still is seeking you. He's still seeking to save that which was lost. And it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says in Malachi 3, 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So when I looked at uh, Hosea chapter 11, and I saw that though Israel was rebellious, God still counted him as a son, as a child. Um, I saw that that same God in this book thousands of years ago that reached out to Israel in their sin was the same God today. He doesn't change. What he did for them, he'll do for us. Because Israel is a testimony of God's grace. It's a testimony of God working. Uh, that he has not ceased to work. He has not ceased to reach out. That uh, this God that did what he did through Hosea as a prophetic symbol towards his nation to show his unconditional love is the very same God. He does not change. And uh, what he did for them, he'll do for us. He's no respecter of persons. 
And so that began began to shift my eyes off of me, me trying to be spiritually strong. And I realized that God is outside me uh, being my strength, regardless of whether or not I'm having a bad day or, or, or a good, abundant day in the spirit. You could sum up the entire book of Hosea in in this scripture as well, which is uh, Romans 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now that's pretty powerful just to, to think upon that, that while we were yet in rebellion, while we are yet in darkness, even sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, that's a powerful insight right there. That gets my eyes off of me, and it gets my eyes back onto him, seeing that he is my salvation, that he is at work in my life to do good. And I love Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, that verse I, I read before, because through Paul, God is expressing his heart. And it's the same heart that he expressed through Hosea. It says, uh, oh, my children, how you are hurting me. I am once again suffering for you. The pains of a mother waiting for her child to be born, longing for the time when you will finally be filled with Christ. God longs to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And the kingdom is within us, and the kingdom is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And he he longs to bring us into that fullness, that that full relationship, being filled with all of his goodness. God longs to deliver us from our bondage and from our yokes and our chains. That That is the heart of God, and that will change uh, no matter what. And so as I, I look upon this gospel, I find that I am changed. And that's the whole reason for having a campsite in his word for establishing something is that when you begin to practice looking upon him, you're, you're going to find that you're changed. And um, that's a, a scripture right there. It says uh, that's uh, 2 Corinthians. Let's go to that one. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, just by beholding him. And there's another one likened unto it, First John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. When you look upon God, it brings about a change. It causes you to see him as he is. When you see him as he is, then that's when uh, transformation takes place. And I love Numbers chapter 21 verses 8 and 9. Uh, this was a type of Christ, uh, a foreshadow of Christ. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. 
And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the the serpent of brass, he lived. And that was representing Christ who would uh, take upon himself our flesh and destroy Satan upon the cross by being lifted up on the cross, the pole of the cross. And whoever looked upon him, this serpent of brass was healed of the serpent bite. And so I got healed earlier today of whatever serpent bite I had in my flesh, whatever was vexing me left as I looked upon the goodness of God's grace. Um, What I saw was that uh, we are to look at a system of salvation. The salvation that you need in your life is actually outside yourself. You get into bondage when you think that salvation comes from you, comes from your effort. We do have to have effort uh, in establishing ourselves in the word. There's diligence, but it only goes to a certain point. You can't save yourself. You can't just uh, do everything yourself. So ultimately what we're looking at in the gospel is we're looking at a system of salvation in our lives that actually occurs outside of ourselves. It's uh, outside of your own will and your own power that Christ is going to function towards you um, regardless of uh, if you fall into sin. I mean, I read earlier that Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. And when you were in, when you were lost, when you were in the world, you were not um, looking for him. He was looking for you. And um, so that's how your salvation began, that while you were yet a sinner, Christ had plans of salvation for you. He was seeking for you. He he died for you on a cross. Uh, While you yet were not even seeking him. And so after you've been born again, who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians, that um, you would think that it comes from inside you. But uh, it's his will, it's his joy, it's faith, strength, endurance, and peace that is going to pull you through. And it's not you who pull yourself out, but uh, he pulls you out of the, the, the rut and the darkness and the oppression that you get in. Even while you're, after you're born again, you still need that salvation. Here's a look at Peter in Matthew chapter 14. Verses 28 and 29, uh, starting at 28. Uh, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink and cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and... uh, that that's a picture of the gospel right there. I mean, here's Peter. He's born again. He's supposed to have it all together, right? But uh, as he's walking to Jesus, as he's seeking the Lord, uh, there's all this oppression. There's darkness. There's winds. There's waves. And so he begins to get his eyes off of Jesus and onto the storm, and he begins to sink. But uh, that's when the arm of Christ reaches down and pulls Peter up from being from being into that uh, oppressed position, that place of darkness. 
So that's why it's important to have a campsite in his word because out of that Bible, out of that scripture, the hand of God is going to come and he's going to pluck you out of uh, being downtrodden. He's going to pluck you out of that place of destruction because that same salvation that was working in Israel's life back in the book of Hosea when they had idols is that same God who's still here today that while you're yet a sinner, while you're yet uh, battling your own darkness, he's the same, irregardless of whether uh, you fall into doubt or temptation. He's still going to be the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And that work that he does in your life is the work of salvation. And there's another scripture out of 1 John chapter 3. Verse 20, it says, uh, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So if your heart is, is filled with the flesh, if you find that one day your heart is just filled with sin, know that God is greater than your heart and uh, he's not condemning you. Uh, he knows all things. He's greater than your heart. And whatever you feel like is crushing you in your heart, whatever type of thoughts, know that God's mind is above your heart and uh, he is able to remove anything that's in your heart that's negative and fill you with his power. Um, there's another great scripture along this line in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. I'm going to read from the Living Bible again. Says uh, even when we are too weak to have any faith left, He remains faithful to us and will help us. For He cannot disown us who are part of Himself, and He will always carry out His promises to us. That you are bone of your bo- of bone of His bone and flesh of His flesh. And no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but He loves and nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ the Church that even when you're too weak uh, to have any faith, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself because you're a bone of his bone, you're flesh of his flesh, speaking of Christ in the church, that uh, we have become one with him and no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but he loves, nourishes, and cherishes it. And so that's what he's going to do with us. Uh, he's not going to let us go. And so, in Psalms 37, verse 39, it says, But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. There is a system of salvation outside yourself. It's not within yourself to be able to save yourself. But that system is kept intact, even though you may not be kept intact, even though you may begin to sink. Thank God that that system of salvation is outside yourself. It's like having an auxiliary, auxiliary uh, uh, outside system of power. Auxiliary, that's it, system of power. When the lights go off on the inside of you, God has that auxiliary power. He maintains your salvation. He maintains your walk. It's not in you to save yourself. It says in Psalms, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. 
So salvation belongs to God. There's none good but God. Only God is good. So it's not within ourselves. It's it's within him. And uh, that's the good news. That's the power. That's the praise. But know that you have to respond. You have to contribute. Um, you've got to turn stoplights into campsites. You've got to learn how to stay in God's word because that's the medium that he has chosen to speak through. And so he requires that you add some diligence to the matter. Uh, Peter walked on the water, but he had to step out of the boat. There was 11 other disciples that did not walk in the miraculous. And salvation is surely miraculous. When you get peace and joy and strength and endurance uh, in the midst of a dark situation, then that's miraculous right there. But how did Peter walk in that miracle? He had to step out of the boat. There had to be some effort or response on his on his part. And that makes me think of uh, blind Bartimaeus who was healed. It says in Mark chapter 10, verse 52, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Your faith saved you. That's uh, blind Bartimaeus right there. He walked in, he received that miracle of strengthening of power from the Lord because of his faith, because of his, uh, he had added effort, he added diligence, he, he added a response to God's grace. And then um, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And it says that uh, with God, all things are possible. So with me, not all things are possible, but with God, all things are possible. And God says, all things are possible to him who believes. So all I have to do is believe. And that puts me into the realm, the system of salvation that is outside my system, my, myself, that auxiliary system that is maintained by Christ and not myself, that plug, my faith plugs me into that supernatural power. Because uh, he's always strong in his walk. He's always joyful. He's always got strength, endurance, and peace. Uh, He always has the light with him. The light isn't always with me. There's times of darkness. But as I look upon that brazen serpent that was raised up in the wilderness, as I look upon the good news, I find that that begins to transform my soul. For we are changed from glory to glory when we look upon his grace when we look upon his gospel. And uh, in Mark chapter 5, verse 32, the woman that has an issue of blood, Jesus said the same thing to her. Um, He said, uh, or verse 34, said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. So there were many people that were touching Jesus in that moment. And he said, who touched my clothes? And it was the woman who said within herself, if I but just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So that healing power was there, but she had to connect her faith to that power and draw upon it. And that's what made, that's what made her whole. And so that's my whole point with uh, turning uh, temporary drive-through experiences in the Bible, uh, turning those stoplight momentary experience where you stop here or there and look around for a little bit, turning that stoplight into a campsite, finding a a book in the Bible and anchoring yourself there, planting yourself there, 
getting a spiral, writing down what you're receiving, making it a habit uh, on a weekly basis, whatever works for you, not getting into legalism, but making it a good habit, getting out of that boat by faith and planting yourself and immersing yourself in one book and just uh, getting out of it all that you can, that that's going to change and transform you. It's going to rip the darkness off of you uh, when you're in a time of oppression. So I just encourage you to be filled with his word, to be filled with his power. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the power of your word, that your word has great power, great delivering strength, that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever as, as Israel was failing in, in um, their relationship with you. You did not cease to reach out to them. You, you did not cease in your effort to seek out what was lost. And not only did they fail, Father God, but in the time of their failure, you came up with a new and living covenant, a better covenant. You said, I'm going to put the law in your hearts. I'm going to put my spirit in you and cause you to, to walk in my statutes and my commandments. So, Father, we thank you that even when we're at our worst, it's that then that you're going to show your best, Father, because that's just the type of Father, the type of God you are. And uh, that's, this is the gospel that we have, that we can look into it and be changed because our salvation is not in ourselves, Father. It's in you. And so, Lord, we just give you thanks. We give you praise that you're doing the work and it's on you and it's not on us, Father God. We pray that you'd strengthen us to have good, healthy habits of uh, denying our flesh, the uh, television time, and that we turn that television time into Bible time, Lord God. And so we give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. My name is Patrick Sanders. I've been uh, your host here on Prayer International. Thank you for tuning in.